to That Friday Feeling Podcast with me, Helen Bartram. And this episode, I'm speaking to the lovely Lisa King about embracing your wonky. Now, what do I mean by embracing your wonky? Well, in a world that portrays perfectionism and, well, we've all seen it on socials, the filters and the highlight reels of other people's lives, which then kind of well, not kind of, that then (laughs) creates that comparison and um, feeling shitty about ourselves. This is about actually embracing every aspect of you, the imperfections, the wonky parts that you're not necessarily that fond of. And Lisa is perfect to chat to because of her own experience. And she's gone on to become a TEDx speaker and a transformational speaker, somebody who is now shaping the lives of others because she learned to embrace her wonky. Let's have a little look and see what happened when I chatted to Lisa about wonkiness. So today I am chatting to the lovely Lisa King um, and we're going to be talking about embracing your wonky because, um, I don't know about you Lisa, but I see it every single day people um, being afraid to embrace their wonky, I would go as far to say. And actually, um, I guess, we get this kind of perception from social media and the world that we need to be perfect. And I'm really not down with that. I'm all about, let's just be human. Um, what have you got to say on the matter? Oh, I, t- I totally agree. I think, and I've done it myself back in the day. It was, you know, I, I was into sports. So everything had to be the same. The colors had to be, everything had to be. And it was, it, but it wasn't because that's what I wanted. It was because that's what, you know, I felt was the right thing to do because of who I was around or or whatever. And as, as I've gone on my journey, it's like, do you know what? I'm me. And the, uh, there's some real, really cool stuff about me. There's some really like fun <laughs> stuff. And, and I love all of it now. So I, I look at, I just love everything now. So I've really embraced you know, I'll give an example. I've got really hairy arms. That sounds really weird to say. <laughs> Thanks <laughs> it, for sharing. <laughs> okay. But it used to be a real issue for me because it was like, you know, but now I'm like, I love it. I love it. There you go. I'm like, there you go. And I know that sounds a really weird thing to say, but instead of worrying about it or being concerned about what people think, now I'm like, this is me. Exactly as yeah. I am. I love that. And I think it's accepting yourself is one thing, but actually like going to the next level and full on embracing, especially the stuff we're not fond of because, hey, the world tells us that um, stay in your little box. How dare you love yourself? Um, And I remember being at at school and probably early 20s and people would go, oh, she loves herself, her. Like, oh, she loves herself in terms of like somebody who genuinely had confidence um oh she loves herself like it was a bad thing and I actually think now I'm like yeah she loves herself go on (laughs) yeah exactly and I think that's the thing it's about it's about complimenting people for being you know themselves whatever that is instead of looking at somebody because they look a bit different to what everyone else perceives you should look like I I can I'm like I love your style you know I love your hair and, and I do it because I mean it, not, you know, it's like, you look amazing. And they'll be like, wow, somebody's actually paid me a compliment. It's like, the more we do that, and the more we actually celebrate people for who they are and their uniqueness, the kinder and better world this will become, because 
we are all so unique. Yeah, I love that. And actually, to the same word you've said twice already um, is the word should. And I think that's why we all have real trouble um, accepting the unique parts of us because of what the world tells us we should look like, how we should behave. And actually, if we take the word should out of our vocabulary and it just is like mm. it is like I am a bit weird. I'm OK with that. There was a time I really wasn't okay with that and I felt like I should be cooler or um, I should do this or I should look mm -hmm. like that. Um, and actually taking the word should out and just being like, you know mm -hmm. what, this is what I've got. Let's just fucking embrace it. Exactly. exactly. I'm so glad you use the F word. I'm thinking, can you? <laughs> <laughs> no swearing. No, swear what you want, love. <laughs> but, when, but seriously though, when you, when you sort of look at it and let's take it from a professional point of view, I'm, I'm not fluffy. I don't do, I have a massive heart, but I'm not fluffy. I'm in your face. If I think something and I know you need a kick, you'll get a kick. If you need an arm around you, you'll get an arm around you, but it will be done with love. At the same time, I won't be fluffy. If you want an answer and you ask my opinion, be ready <laughs> because you're going to get it. And, and it's done because I, because I love people. It's not, if somebody is doing something because they feel they need to fit in. I will be honest and say, be you. You know, people around, the right people will be around you and the right people will leave. And I think that's the same with everything. You know, it's, I, I did it for so long, Helen. I did it for so long, fitting in. I didn't come out as gay because I didn't want to upset my family. And it's like, oh my God. You know, and that was for for five or six years. It's wow. a long time to live a double life because that's what it felt like. And then, like how tiring must that be? Yeah, it was exhausting. And there's so many so many people I believe that that live lives where they're settling. They're settling for a life where it's okay and it's safe. Yet underneath, they they want to do so much more. They want to be somebody, you know, that does certain things or is somebody else because, because they're just settling for something because they feel that that's okay because either people have done it for them or, or that's what society has programmed them to do. And it's like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I am such a square peg in a round hole. I do not conform and I won't ever do that. And I love it. I love that. And, and interestingly, um, you mentioned there about obviously um, it being tiring when you are, I guess, showing up in the world as somebody who you truly aren't and you know that deep down. Uh, and for me, that's it. Is It's freaking exhausting, isn't it? Like, actually, when you just kind of learn and work on accepting yourself and just being really real and human, it's so much easier. Although it's not comfortable all of the time, it's not fucking draining, like when you're pretending to be something you're not. Yeah, and the, and the thing is as well is that when it's people will talk to me sometimes and they'll be like, "Oh, can you remember what you said such and such?" So I'm like, "No," because I just speak in the moment. You you get my hundred percent attention when I'm with you. Nothing else matters. And you know, because it's like they say, isn't it? When, if somebody is being different or they're not telling the truth, they have to always remember that because that is who, you know, that's what they've said. And they're like, oh my God, what do I say? I'm like, 
you'll get the honest answer from me. So I don't need to remember anything because <laughs> it's me and I like, well, not just me, but you know what I mean? You're like, well, ask me a question and you'll get the truth. I don't need to think about anything. I'm so glad you said that Lisa because I genuinely um I, I'll be in delivering a workshop or something and someone will be like what did you say a minute ago and I'm like I don't know like once it's left my mouth it's out there that's for you to pick up <laughs> and I thought it was just me like because exactly the same thing like I'm just here and I'm just giving you my response right here um yeah. like somebody said to me at the weekend um oh yeah you you told me that and I was like that sounds like something I would say I don't actually remember it because again once I've said it like I'm so glad you've said that because I, oh, I thought yeah. it was just me. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think, and I, I'm pretty sure that we're very similar like this, is that when I'm around people and I know that somebody, it's as if something gets channeled to me and I'm like, I need to say this. I don't know why I need to say it, but I need to say it. So I say it. And then all of a sudden somebody's gone, oh my God, she's talking to me. And I'm like, I just know that I'm meant to say this right now. And or I'll do an event and people will be like, oh, that moment when you said this. And I'm like, that's, that's why I record some of them because, it's, you know, and you do, don't you? You know, in that moment that that person needs you to share something and you could go off, off piece with it. It could be something that wasn't in your notes or whatever, but you say it because you, you know. Yeah, it feels like the right thing in that yeah. moment. And it is you just being you. We're not just. I keep you saying just. I don't know why I'm doing that. It's it's when we're being ourselves, and people know that yeah. we're being ourselves. That's when it all changes. And I think that for me, over the the course of the last twelve months, that's what we're starting to see more of: people genuinely being real and human and showing that. And those that aren't necessarily that comfortable with showing their humanness. Um, it's really starting to show and I think that now is the time for people to start learning to embrace their wonky and accept the stuff about themselves they're not that fond of and equally embrace and shout about the stuff that they think is freaking awesome about themselves because I think it, it comes to that as well I think we we often focus on I need to work on accepting this shadow part of me that I, I don't think is that cool but actually how about reminding yourself and showing the world the awesome stuff as well yeah yeah, and I, the biggest thing for me was vulnerability. When I was growing up, because of my story, um, vulnerability for me was a big no-no. You know, it wasn't something it, I saw it as a weakness. I'm in a family of strong women. You know, it was like, you don't need any help to do anything. There were a lot of things happen as a child for me. And it was like, as if it was secret. So it was like, no, I've got to have this got to stay strong I've got to be strong and this was what this little five-year-old created and it's like right and that snowball got bigger so the vulnerability thing was like a no-no mm -hmm. now vulnerability is my superpower <laughs> because I share some of the crazy shit I've done and the choices I made and people will go oh wow what I did really wasn't that bad then because I'm like, I did this, I did this, I did drugs, I did this, drinking, blah. And I'm really honest about what I did. And now people say, oh, well, I can share then. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's it is I'm down with showing my humanness if it allows somebody else to feel comfortable showing their humanness. And I think 
some people just aren't comfortable with it not just the sharing of it but comfortable with me doing it um for example I put a post out on social media um I think it was about loneliness or something now um and I actually got a message saying I really wouldn't share that on your business page um like you're trying to market yourself as a coach why would people come to you like I think they kind of were implying that I should be fixed and I was like fuck that it, it then instigated a full post about actually I'm human too um like I'm always going to show you my shitty sides too but it doesn't take away from the fact that um I'm a good coach or I can hold space for you and all that shit but actually like like let's start seeing the humanness in each other like come on yeah the thing is if if we're as coaches mentors trainers whatever it is if we're seen as invincible it's as if well I'm not going to go to them because they don't get me yeah you know whereas we're doing a vulnerability challenge at the moment in the group and you know I've said I went on this morning no makeup hair ringing wet eyes just and I went this would have been a real issue for me before now I'm good because this is me stripped back complete no I wasn't naked let me just <laughs> just thought I better clarify for you another level vulnerable Lisa <laughs> let me be really clear yeah because this was on video <laughs> um yeah and it's and it's saying to them you know if I get triggered by things I've been triggered by this and this is why and this is this is because it's about the awareness I'm aware this has happened now because of the journey I've been on I know what I need to do and it still happens the difference now is I can now deal with it and I now can step through it I understand it and this is how I do it so people will be like oh wow okay so it is all right it's like well yeah Mm, you can do it why can't I do it yeah if people knew how and I inverted commas for your listeners broken yeah I was or felt I was and and the victim the victim stuff I had going on I would never in a million years have dreamed I could feel as peaceful and joyous as I am now ever in a million years because because I'm embracing me which was the big my biggest obstacle I never had any love for myself now I love myself wholeheartedly all of me every single bit of me so let's go back then a little bit, Lisa, because most people don't just suddenly decide one day, you know what, I'm just going to embrace all of me and start loving myself. It normally comes from a place of pain. Uh, what was it for you that suddenly the, the penny dropped and something's got to change? OK, so the catalyst for all of this was my partner's suicide. So Becky, me and Becky had known each other 16 years and we've been together for four years and she was diagnosed with um, cervical cancer. Put this into context, it's that big. So for your listeners, it's about the size of a grapefruit. The tumour was missed. Now, it was so big that they had to throw lots of chemo at her and radio, so it was intense. What they didn't tell us is the mental health effects this was going to have on Becky. Now, let me put this into context. Becky did motivational work with the England rugby team. This was somebody who, like myself, was one of the most positive. You would never in a million years have dreamed that anything would happen like that. So she was in, had her cancer journey. She was in remission. She was doing amazingly well. And we had a conversation one night. So she was diagnosed in the February, in remission in the July. This was in the January, the following year. So about almost a year later. 
we had a conversation because I was exhausted. I, she only wanted me with her for, for the treatments every day for five months. There was a lot of things. And I just found out my back was broken again. So I hadn't said anything to her because it was, wasn't needed. But then I, I was on my journey and I just said to her, look, I need some space here because I'm really, I need to work on Lisa for a bit. I need some space. And she was like, I, I can't live without you. I'd, I'd you know, I'm, I'd rather kill myself. And that in itself was just like, whoa, hang on a second. So we talked about it because it, I, I mean, that coming out of her mouth just threw me completely. We talked about it. Everything was fine. This was on the Sunday. Everything was fine. Went to bed on the Monday, thought, great. We decided we're going to go on holiday because everything had been so full on. We needed a break. Let's get away. Let's have a proper conversation. Let's have a chat. Monday morning, I um, was in the living room and she came in. And now, obviously, I, I obviously know exactly what it all meant. But she gave me the most unbelievable hug. Like, I've never experienced anything like it again I probably won't and she literally walked out the door turned back said you know I love you don't you and I said yeah I love you too thought nothing else and that was the last time I saw her so she was found on the Tuesday and unbeknown to me until I found um a booklet and and things that's when I realized the mental health impact of this treatment because nobody knew nobody knew including me nobody knew and it was like wow you know this impacted and from then I had a year of self-destruct drinking drugs casuals everything and I was really good at being really bad so I literally drink was my coping mechanism from a child because I um um I was attacked I won't go too much into I don't I'm not sure who will be listening but um domestic violence house as a kid attacked when I was 12 and ongoing things, self-destruct, everything, self-sabotage a lot. So this was the first time I'd been honest with myself about um, what I needed for me, and then this happened. So I'd spoken to her, and then this happened. So it threw a whole new perspective into things. So I had this year of self-destruct, and then I met my wife, Penny. And Penny was like, you don't do drugs around me, not a big fan of smoking. And, you know, so so it gave me a reason to kick some of the crap out, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so over the, then I had a breakdown about two years later. And I mean, I couldn't lift my head off the pillow. I still had businesses. I, I was all over the place. My body, how my liver hadn't got up out of my body and gone, I can't do this anymore. I do not know. So so that's the context of of what happened. And then it got to a point where I was like, I can go back to my old life of drinking, fun, socialising. I still have my businesses, but I weren't really focused. I was, everyone saw me as really successful. I had businesses. I was, you know, to everyone else. But it, I wasn't fulfilled. I was still excelling, but within my comfort zone. I knew what I was capable of. But it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. And that wasn't me. Not, I wasn't satisfied, but I weren't fulfilled and I wasn't happy. So that was when I thought I need to do something. So I started on the personal development journey. And it, but still, there was something that wasn't quite gelling. Becky's life had to mean something. She wasn't going, you know, her legacy 
needed to be something that made a difference because she did. You know, she was the most beautiful person and she made a difference and I wanted to make sure she'd always be remembered. But I also knew for me, I had to change because I knew that I could help change the world. And I know that now, but I couldn't like that because I hadn't, you know, not fixed myself, but I hadn't reconnected with Lisa. You know, that's where the TEDx come from because the masks and the coping mechanisms are used through my life to deal with all of that. That's without me coming out. That's without two major health. I mean, it's ridiculous. It, that's why I'm writing a book because <laughs> I need to get it all out. Um, but, but Becky's death and her life needed to stand for something. You can't lose somebody that important and that beautiful without somebody benefiting and understanding. So about three and a half years ago, I made the best decision of my life. And that was to stop drinking. Because the moment I did that, that was my ultimate gift of self-love. Because the moment I did that, that was my coping mechanism that I'd had from 12. And I'm, I'm 49. So at the time I would have been 46. So 34 years of drinking. Wow you know, and that was my coping mechanism. So what I did, the moment I just went, that's it. I don't need it now. I'm good. I can do this. So whenever now I was going through things, there was no alcohol involved. So I was clear. I was, everything started to fall into place. And then once, once that happened, then I changed my focus with work, you know, everything changed and, and the self-love journey got bigger and bigger and bigger so the boundaries came in the people pleasing stopped the reoccurring chest problems that I had because of the secrets and the not being able to get things off my chest I got that dealt with you know I did EFT with Marion yeah that solved the, the chest issues that I'd had from 12 crazy isn't it and, it, and that's it is how much stuff is stored within yeah. your body that you're not even aware of like you need to get yeah. that shit moving and that, and that is exactly it. So all these things sort of were, and there was a lot of a lot of shit as you, you know. So you can't. It, this isn't. It wasn't overnight for me. This is not like I woke up and went right. I am going to love me, all of me. That's <laughs> it. And it's like no, doesn't work like that. And I had no self love, no self respect at twelve after I was attacked. I gave up caring about my body or what was happening to it. Let's put it that way. So. It, Mm -hmm. gives you a bit of context as to what happened so I had there wasn't any respect and it which then took me away from intimacy it I mean it really did and it impacted so much so in the last three and a half years everything's changed because I've reconnected to me before the mask before the coping mechanisms and I've come back to who I truly am which is somebody who's very kind, very caring. I love fun. I love mischief. I love <laughs> this hilarious. Um, I, I love I love pushing boundaries, and I love being somebody who will ask the questions that need to be asked because I've got because any somebody anybody's reaction now has no impact on me. I am so happy with who I am and who I am that nothing external now can. I don't need validation. I've got my own validation. And it took the death of somebody so beautiful 
And that's why now the books are dedicated to her or, or the series of books are Becky's legacy. And Becky will never be forgotten because she's in my journey. And she, if, if and someone said to me once, would you change anything? It was in a book I was in. And that's the hardest question because I'd bring Becky back here in a heartbeat. Yet if she hadn't have died, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. Yeah, and think how many lives you are now impacting. Yeah. And, and that's, that's in a nutshell why, why I've gone on this journey and why now it's all about empowering teenagers to love who they are and, and to remember that choices we make don't define, that isn't who we are. It's about understanding that we all make mistakes. It's about learning from them and it's about becoming a better person because of it. And so that's, that's what my life is now about. And I help people to just, just be perfectly imperfect. So I know you've got, I loved your t-shirt and I've branded perfectly imperfect, but spelt with a K. Yeah, I love it. And I think that's really? it. It's, yeah. Let's not strive for the perfection. Let's just be cool oh, with being imperfect. Like, I love be. I love it. I embrace it all the bloody time. I was going to get my teeth done, right? I've had my teeth smacked because of contact sport, right? It sounds like I've been boxing <laughs> <laughs> in football. And, and there's marks on it. And I was like, I was going to get them done. And then I went, no, no, I'm not. So this is another thing. And it's like, no, I'm not doing it. I've got exactly the same teeth as my mum and I love it. I love it and I embrace it now. And it's like, why would I want to have these bright white teeth that are a totally straight line? It's not who I am, that's not me. But society tells you you should. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And it's like your, these images of, I saw a brilliant, brilliant post on um, Facebook and it was, a, a, she's very well known, Tiffany Jenkins, her name is really well known on social. And there was a picture of her, right, as, her, right? Just got up, just for her, no makeup, her real true self. And then she did a picture 10 minutes or an hour later of her made up like you wouldn't believe how, so the, and she, the story she wrote was about how, this is how you're, you're seen and how you will think that people look when they really look like this. And it was so impactful because you look at it and go, yeah, that's why I go on Facebook with no makeup, hair all over the place, and I don't care. Because it's like, just be you. Be yeah. you. Well, not just anything. Be you. Be you. Be your be awesome you. self. Yeah. And don't apologise. Yeah, don't apologise for your imperfections because we've all yeah. got them and I think that's it. And obviously the social media highlight reel doesn't show the imperfections unless people openly share them um but that's it is that when especially people feel shit for comparing themselves to pictures on social media Mm. not the real deal like it's not um and I think that's it it's and for teenagers like I dread to think so um my daughter's nearly well she's 11 next month and the idea of her going through that teenage journey in this day and age terrifies me because I think shit it was tough enough when I was younger without the filters without the socials without the phones and everything just feels a little bit another level right now massive absolutely massive and and 
I think that's why, well, I know that's why being involved in working with teenagers is so important to me. I know that if I would have been a teenager now with what was going on with me back then, I really don't want to think what could have happened. Mm-hmm. I really don't because I, my life at that point was not great. And there were a lot of things going on. There was a lot of stuff happening, you know, and I, I was, a, I'm a rebel, rebel anyway. And back then, now I'm, I'm a rebel that, that isn't drinking, isn't doing drugs. I just rebel and just push the boundaries. But in a brilliant, funny way, back then, I didn't have any boundaries. And, and I was a people pleaser that wanted to fit in. Yeah. And the thing is, when those young people are around the wrong people, which I was, I was, I was, um, was tippet sniffing in school, in a lesson. Wow. In a, what is that about? And it's like, oh my God, what is going on? Because I look back and think, this is nuts. This is absolutely nuts. And that's where I needed the right people to get hold of me and go, hang on. You know, what is going on? Luckily, a friend, I'll never forget her, Sarah Tracy, her name was. And she literally, in this lesson, I like people are drawn all over my face, like with pen, bit like pen. So you can imagine. And she's like, you can't go home like that. You can't. And she didn't even know what was going on at home. She didn't understand the dynamics of my house. And it would break my mum's heart because she was my one. She was my rock and everything. And Sarah took me back to her house and literally scrubbed my face. She helped me to sober up. She helped me. I was 15. You know, might even have been 14. She helped me so that I was able to go into my house, say that, yes, I may have had a drink or something. I made a bit of a mistake, but I'm going to go up, but not walk in the door when the state I was in. And it's, and it's when things like this can happen. And, you, and there's that extra social media, that extra, the pressure that young people have. Yeah, it's cracking. It's huge. And, and that's why I think the world definitely needs people like you doing that job and guiding them and offering space and I guess letting them see that there is another way because yeah. I think not only in teenage land but actually any point of life when you're stuck mm-hmm. in a situation I think as a child you have very little control with your environment um, and, and some adults but actually somebody else just showing you that there is another way just gives you that little glimmer of hope even if you're not in that other way just yet um so I think it's so important that um not just for teenagers but to help anybody kind of not even just love themselves accept themselves but just have that glimmer of hope that it isn't always going to be like that yeah yeah absolutely and and that's the thing I think I was doing I did a not long before everything the world turned upside down I did a talk at a school for 14 to 16 year old girls. Um, there were 400 in this room, 20 teachers. And it was part of a wellbeing day. And then, and they said that um, they'd offer a workshop. So I did like an assembly type thing where yeah. I spoke very openly, made it age relevant on what I was saying, obviously. And this is what stunned me is that they had a whole day 
They could do chocolate making, watching films, all stuff, um, exercise, loads of different things. And so that was already booked in. They're already booked in to do all this stuff. And they asked me if I'd deliver two workshops, one in the morning, because I offered the whole day, I said I'd stay. One in the morning, one in the afternoon, which I did. But what they had to do, just to put this into context, okay, there were about 25 places per workshop. There were 400 in the room. And what happened is they had to walk to, to put themselves down to do this workshop. They had to walk right down the middle of the whole hall, down to the front, past the stage, into the room. Now, it would be obvious to anybody. Yeah. What manager is going to do that? Yeah. Right. Well, that's what I thought. What I did was I stepped back. So I didn't want them to think I was clocking. So I literally stepped back, talked to a teacher. Okay. And I had two girls come up to me. One of them turned around to me and said, I attempted to take my life two weeks ago and I won't ever do it again. You know me, I almost lost it at this point because I'm thinking, wow, okay, okay, massive. Both workshops were full. There were, there were girls there that couldn't get on it. So I, then obviously this happened. So I'm going to go back. But, but what I'm saying is, is that the reason that that was so impactful is because I was honest. I didn't paint it as anything else other than the complete, my truth, my truth made the right, in the right context for them, obviously. And then in the workshops, we, it weren't structured. It was right, let's have a chat. And we could have stayed there the whole day. And there were girls there, and I'm not going to go into any detail, obviously, but there were girls there sharing things in front of their peers that I would never in a million years. And one of the teachers came in and she was like, I've never seen anything like it. I said, because it's wow. safe. Yeah. And it's not being talked at. Yeah. I think yeah. We, we all... Um, absolutely underestimate the power of just holding a space for somebody and just being there and being present and having that safe space and be like let's chat about what you want to chat about um what do you want to explore I wasn't at the front of a room I was sat with them in the chairs they were on the same level as me we were chatting I said look I got involved with with violence I got involved with this you know, and, and this is why, and this is how I felt, and this is where I felt felt it came from. And there were girls, and I could see it's triggering them everywhere. And it's like, okay, this is what they need to hear. Mm. And I checked in with, with the school. So this would have been October. So this was, this was not long, end of October. And obviously everything started to change. So I was due to go back in, and I was doing workshops in there after this, um, up until... Feb March time so I, and I was checking in with the school with people that um how they were doing and they were thriving and then obviously this happened but girls that were doing things they shouldn't be doing shall we say and they'd stopped and it's like wow and it's because you talk to them on their level you're not talking at them you're having a conversation so look, I get it. I totally get it. Have you thought about maybe looking at it like this? No, I didn't think of that. Because teachers can't tell them their personal stories. They're not allowed to. Mm. I can. 
And I did, and I was an open book. What a rebel, Lisa. I love it. <laughs> it's it, bloody needed though, isn't it? Oh, it's like, yeah. let's, let's just, I'll show you my humanness if you'll show yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cool, so for anybody who's listening who is struggling to embrace their wonky and accept any part of themselves, what are your top tips? Have some self-compassion. Massive. Have some self-compassion because it's really important that there are times when things happen and that's okay. We're all human, you know, have some self-compassion and take small steps. I think sometimes it can seem really overwhelming that you see somebody and you think, oh, I've got to be where they are. Take one step at a time, you know, look at something that's, that's bothering you or something that you're having challenges with and, and look at that first. You know, and make self-care a priority, an absolute priority. Whatever that is for you, do something every day that brings you joy, even if it's only for five minutes. Make yourself a priority every day to do something that you love. I love that. Awesome. There's many, but I could, I think they're the main. And, and that's it, is you can go on all day, isn't it? Um, it's kind of like, right, where's the starting point? The compassion thing for me is massive. Like, just be fucking kinder to yourself. Like we do it, we all do it to everybody else, just not ourselves so much. Um, yeah. So we, we're capable of it. We've got the skill. Um, it's actually just reflecting a bit of that back onto yourself, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so where can anybody who's listening find you then, Lise? So I'm on, oh, I'm now getting all my, my link tree bio and everything sorted out. Wow. Quite exciting. Um, <laughs> So I've just started a brand new Instagram, actually, oh. literally just brand new. So it's Lisa King, but the L is a number one. Oh. actually very common. And I'm okay with that. You're not just being a rebel and like, I'm not using an L, I'll just go for a one. It, it was like, you've got to have Lisa King, two, four, six, and I'm like, nah, nah. nah. I love a number one <laughs> for the L. So that's on Instagram. Um, on my, I'm quite happy to give my email address if anybody wants to. Um, do, what you want. do what you want, Lisa. So it's Lisa at clarityfocusandgrowth.com. And on Facebook, yeah, I'm Lisa King. I'm there. I'm developing all my social media stuff at the minute with regards to um, other stuff. But yeah, I can get some stuff over to you for. Awesome. Um, well, thank you so much to chatting and just being real and human and yeah. just awesome, as always. You're so, you're, it's exactly it, isn't it? It's like, it's, as it is. As it is. As it awesome. Is. Right. Thank you very much, Liz. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone. Well, there you go. Look what happens when you learn to embrace your wonky and put yourself out there imperfect, perfectly imperfect, and just guess lead others to do exactly the same because in a world where none of us are perfect let's start owning them imperfections and being wonderful and incredible regardless of the imperfections because to me imperfections shouldn't be something that hold us back it should be something that makes us unique and an imperfection to somebody is not necessarily an imperfection to another person so learning to love and accept yourself and your wonkiness and just showing up and shining in the world regardless awesome um catch next week's episode where i'm going to be talking about salt mm, salt interesting right um see you there